It's my podcast. Change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Andre Anderson. I am the founder as well as the host of BSTL Podcast, uh, where we talk about everything leadership, mentorship, and uh, relationship. Now, uh, for those of you that have been uh, listening online, really appreciate it. The viewership is beginning to really climb, which means that I think I'm beginning to give you guys some content. Again, if you'd like to reach out and uh, send something over to me, bstlinc21 at gmail dot com. Uh, So today, um, we're going to kind of try to meld a little bit of a conversation between leadership and relationship. Um, And here's what I want to talk to you all about today. It's balancing uh, family life and work at the same time. Now, can I just say this? Uh, This is probably going to be one of those uh, moments of transparency that I'd like to share, uh, hoping that this will be something that encourages somebody that is a leader and trying to strike that balance between family life and uh, the work that you have to do. So maybe I'll start off here. Um, uh, one of the, the most recent conversations that I had uh, is with my 10-year-old. Her name's Aiden. And uh, right before I hit play or record, uh, she's like, when are you going to put me on your show? Your viewership is probably going to be off the chain, she says. Um, In her mind's eye, she believes that in order for my BSTL platform to grow, uh, it's a simple solution. Just have her on the show and everything will improve. Now, here's the reality. Um, She is the sounding brass for all things balanced. Um, She is the middle child, which means uh, for those of you that know anything about middle children, they are generally the ones that fight for justice. They are honest. uh, They are within their feelings. And they also wear their um, emotions on their sleeves. So let me just share with you a conversation that I had with her uh, a while back. Uh, I can't even remember when, but I do know that we had the conversation. Um, One of the things that um, I do is I work hard and I work often uh, because I am somebody that has a plan and I want to make sure that it happens well and I want to make sure that I execute well. So in one of the seasons of my life, um, I had a bunch of things that I had to do. I had some projects that I was working on. I had some things that I needed to see through. Um, I also had some school stuff that I was working on. And the reality is it was one of those moments um, where, truth be told, I probably went all the way to the right in terms of all work and no play. So what happens is, is that my uh, daughter Aiden, she comes and she says to me, you sure do work a lot. Um, When do you make some time for yourself? Now, I think that that's a very interesting question to come from a 10-year-old. She's very intelligent, but I'm beginning to also understand that she's also very intuitive. So she says to me, "Um, since you do all of this work, when do you fit time for yourself? And when do you fit time in for you? And I said to her, well... Uh, What do you mean? What does that mean? And she was like, well, I mean, we do appreciate uh, how much you work and how much you desire to make sure that we're well taken care of. But there has to be a a time where the button kind of turns off, where the switch turns off and it's no longer about work and it becomes about us. 
And I thought about it for a minute, and maybe this is the conversation that I'm now having here on this podcast, which is a paraphrase of the conversation that I had with her. And so here's where I started with her. I said to her, well, what is your suggestion on how do we do this balance thing so that I get to spend some time with you all and I get some work done? And she says to me, I think that you just need to be a little bit more intentional. I said to her, well, what do you mean by intentional? She says, well, uh, what about having some days where you turn everything off? Now, let me just say this. As a pastor um, of a church that is growing, um, easier said than done. Um, There are times where there are seasons in my ministry where I have a bunch of things that I have to do, and then there are other times where I don't have as much to do. And the reality is there will be times where I can structure an entire week and know what I would like to do from Sunday through to Saturday. And then something just comes and it hits um, like a curveball. And I have to figure out how do I fit in what I wanted to do versus what my demands are. So here's the thing. I am fairly scripted, fairly routined. Um, I usually have things in my calendar unless I'm driving and talking and making appointments. Uh, But I usually try to put things in my calendar. I usually try to fit them in on specific days. But there are some seasons where things happen where it is outside of my control as far as how I respond to it. But I know that there's a need that I've got to take care of. So let me give you an example. So over the last couple of weeks, or I should say eight or nine days, um, it has been very intense for me uh, within my ministry. So what happens is, Um, Sadly, there have been directly and indirectly uh, four different deaths that have impacted uh, my congregation. So what that means is that for every funeral, there is a whole preparation process. There's uh, meeting with the family. There's talking with the family. There's praying with the family. There's spending time with the family. There is the initial conversation around what is it that happened? You know, how are you all doing? There's the visitation with the family. And let me just say this just in case somebody tunes in uh, that has been a part of these last couple of weeks. Um, By no means am I suggesting uh, that this is a burden to me. It is not. Uh, I'm I'm having a conversation transparently because I want uh, people to understand what those demands look like when things do happen. And I'm sharing it here on this platform, hoping that other leaders will be able to pick up on this. And maybe there are some solutions that you all have that maybe I have not mastered yet. So what happens then is, is that when you've got these funerals and things that you have to tend to, there are a lot of different layers that go into it. And not just the interaction and the engagement with family, um, but it's also the preparation that you have. Um, And I don't know um, for other leaders. I mean, I know I'm talking about church right now, but I'm sure that there are different leadership moments for all leaders where something is happening, maybe a project is changing, maybe you're going in another direction, etc. But the reality is there are some demands that have to be met and they are multifaceted, which means that there is not a one-stop fix-it-all for what you have to accomplish. You have to find a way to do all that is required generally of you, but then you also have to make space and time for some of the other things that are happening. 
So back to this funeral stuff. So because I generally have to speak at many of these funerals, I have to do all of that. I have to prepare messages uh, that are usually brand new for me. I am not necessarily one that has an archive of sermons that I always go back to. I, I have um, some biblical texts that I may, may look at that I've uh, spoken from before, but I'm generally going from scratch nine times out of ten when I have to speak. But funerals do not take away from meetings and departmental meetings, and it doesn't take away from my regular Sabbath routine and services that I'm res- responsible for, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things do happen, and there are times, and this is maybe the point that I'm coming back to based on my daughter's uh, question, there are times where you have everything in mind to do something in a very specific type of way, but then you realize, whoa, I can't do it because something has crept up on me. So here's what I've discovered, um, because when she said this to me a little while ago, um, I realized I couldn't just fluff it off and pretend like it wasn't a real conversation from a real person that really matters to me. I began to say to myself, well, what are some things that I can do when Uh, I'm not necessarily as busy or when the seasons are a little bit slower than other seasons. The reality is, is that just as I have built into my schedule, um, you know, things that I have to do in my work life, I have now, um, for the most part, tried to build into my work life, my personal life as well as I have a family. So especially with kids because they're younger, they are not necessarily trying to sit around all the time and watch TV. I mean, as a matter of fact, uh, it's summer now. And because it's summer now, outside the weather is better. There are things that are happening outside. There are fun things. I mean, walks, bike rides, whatever. I've now tried to build it into my overall schedule because if you don't schedule some things into place, then the reality is it's not going to happen. That's number one. Number two, um, I'm also beginning to become a little bit more transparent in terms of what it is that I have to do for those that I work with and lead with. You know, um, you can't really blame individuals for putting a demand on your time when they don't necessarily have an awareness of what it is that you have to do. Okay, so what that means is, is that even though I am one who would like to help and do things and make things happen, I do recognize that by stating consistently the things that I am doing as much as I am able to share, it does allow for me then to be able to delegate some of the other things and or what I am also beginning to see that those that I'm working very closely with, they have an appreciation for the fact that I do have a younger family. And so I'm finding that at times people are doing some things that they otherwise would not do because they understand that I am busy doing other things specific to my family. Number three, the other thing that I'm also now beginning to do as I'm also getting a little bit older and uh, there are some things that perhaps I no longer have the same uh, passion for. It doesn't mean that I don't have a passion for a lot of things, but there are some things that you kind of outgrow. I'm beginning to look for individuals that can also share the weight of the work that it is that I have to do so that I don't have to be everywhere all the time. And I think that this is important, right? And of course, we're talking about family life and work life at the same time. And I don't want um, anybody to have this uh, 
misunderstanding that somehow um, I've gotten this thing down to a T. Uh, no, I'm still working on it. It's still a work in progress. But one of the things that I am learning how to do is I'm learning how to share the weight of what it is that I have to do with others that I am training and giving a perspective of so that they can understand how to do what needs to be done, whether or not I am in the room or not. And let me just say this, that, that part of my work is probably the most difficult part of all things that I have to do. Because again, when you do things on your own, you know exactly what it is that you are able to deliver on, okay? And because you know what you're able to deliver on, you also know how long it will take for you to get some things done, right? So here's the other thing now. The other part of this thing in terms of creating um, a work-life balance is I'm also no longer taking on as much as I would normally do. So I have a tendency, and I don't know, maybe I'm the only one and that's okay. I have a tendency of saying yes uh, to a lot of things, um, not because I'm a people pleaser and not because um, I just like to be busy, but I, I come from a background of service. And when I say service, not just in terms of how I do my own life, uh, but service in terms of the home that I grew up in. Uh, my father, uh, for years, uh, was and still is a, a part of leadership. And so uh, as kids, we watched him go off to many different kinds of meetings. My mom, maybe not so much in a formal a leadership capacity, but definitely doing things to help support things around the church. And so one of the things that I have come to discover is it's okay to say no. And let me just say this, saying no is difficult, not because you are um, afraid of how people will uh, hear the no, but saying no is hard, especially when you know that what you're about to do is going to lead to the next thing that leads to the next thing that leads to the thing that you are trying to accomplish. So now, like I said to you, as I'm saying no to some things that I don't have to do and other people have the capacity of doing as well, what I'm also beginning to see too, though, is that as I am stepping away and maybe not managing or micromanaging in the same type of way, I'm also beginning to see that there are individuals that are coming around that actually have the gift and the abilities to do the things that I otherwise would be there. Now, I hope so far you're beginning to see that there is a flaw to how I lead or have led at times. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong per se, but it is a thing, right? Uh, some leaders really, really, really like to be hands-on and in the middle of everything. And yes, things will get done, but at the same time, what happens when you are not there, or if you transition into a new leadership piece, who's going to do the things that you used to do if you don't teach others how to do it? So in one of my assignments, I recognize like uh, we got a lot of things done. There were things that were happening, things were taking place. And then, of course, you know, there's transitioning, right? And then when you transition, if there is no succession plan, then the truth is you take all of that intellectual property with you. And so here's what I discovered. Um, and I think that it's a thing that I'm working on and will continue to work on is this, you've got to create the type of environment where when you leave that environment, sure, there will be some individuals that will miss you. But the work that you are doing 
is not going to be compromised just because you are not in that space. Now, the other part of this too, though, is um, I think that in order to create um, a balance between work life and family life, you also have to have some documents that are there that will really um, reinforce helping people to become accountable, right? So as a leader, I am accountable to those that work with me, right? Um, but at the same time, um, I think that it's important that people are accountable to the leaders as well, right? So what does that look like? So even as a pastor, everybody thinks, well, the pastor has to do this and they need to be that and they need to be in all of these different spaces. And fine, I hear that argument. But the reality is, is that sometimes you also need to be able to put other people in a position where they're being held accountable as well, right? So it's not whether or not you do what you do well. It's also whether or not can you hold the people that work with you accountable to the point where they are taking care of the things that need to be done so that you don't have to do it as well, okay? So this is the thing, right? When you are not accountable for what it is that you do, then ultimately, things will fall apart, especially as you try to create this balance. And so how does that happen? I'm glad you asked. It happens in that I think that it's important that as leaders, as you're trying to um, uh, create this balance between family life and work life, you also have to be okay with things not necessarily going the way that you had um, in mind. And what do I mean like by that? Uh, so as leaders... We've often been in the crunch before. We have been in uh, situations before uh, where we have learned how to navigate through the challenges and the nuances, the, you know, the, the ball being dropped, et cetera, et cetera. So after a while, we become very accustomed to working behind the eight ball, especially when you are working in a, you know, volunteer type of setting. But the reality is, is that you also have to find a way to help those that work with you to create a similar type of platform. Like you want individuals that know what it means to fail and or succeed um, without them feeling as though they will have let you down as the leader because you were not able to execute or they were not able to execute um, the first go around. And I think that that's important. I think that leaders have to be able to create that environment that allow people to grow in their space and allow them to fail and or succeed. And here's the other thing. They can also do things better than you in those settings. Oh, so one of the things I've also discovered, right, as, as I'm um, getting older and trying to do things a little bit differently, I'm beginning to realize that there have been some times where because I could not be um, somewhere uh, to do something and I, I gave it over to somebody else to do it, I have been pleasantly surprised to find that in those moments, there were individuals that were able to do something um, better than me. They were able to execute better than I was able to do so. And here's the thing. As a result of that, it also developed and helped them to create a certain courage and a certain uh, fortitude within themselves so that they would also recognize that, hey, even if Pastor Andre is not here to do it, Life goes on. Now, <clears throat> here's the other thing that I would also like to say. It's important that leaders create um, a certain uh, balance in how they lead because they are also creating a culture, 
All right, let me say that in a different way. Leadership does not happen in a vacuum and it does not happen in isolation. So what that means is, is that if I lead as a leader in a way that is not balanced, in a way that I'm constantly on the go, 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 then those that work closely with me will see that as the standard for how work is to be done. And here's the thing, whether or not you think you're doing it or not, everything that a leader does is creating a specific culture around how things will happen within that organization. So let me come back um, maybe to uh, the question that my daughter had in terms of striking up this balance. One of the things that I've also done and will continue to do is I have also allowed for them to be around me to see the work that I have to do. Uh, So early in May, when we threw our first um, BSTL uh, leadership conference, um, they had some jobs uh, to do. They were responsible for some administrative things and some other things throughout the weekend. And it was so, it was really good. I learned about them that they're a lot smarter than I gave them credit for. Like, I know that they're super intelligent, but there's a a level of maturity that I was able to experience with them um, by watching how they implemented some things that I needed them to do as part of the leadership conference. But in doing it that way, um, we had a debrief and this is super cool. Um, So as it were, they're like my first employees, I guess. I don't know. Um, But after we finished the weekend, after we cleaned up and did all the other things that we needed to do, we stopped in my office and we sat down um, um, with Alea, Aiden and Eric and we just began to talk about how did we experience the weekend? What were some of the strengths and some of the weaknesses of how we did what we did? And in listening to them, I realized that even though they may have been doing some other stuff and they may not have captured everything um, that was uh, stated and shared during the actual conference itself, they were beginning to understand some of the responsibility of what it takes to actually lead. So Aiden, which is the reason why we're having this conversation right now, Here's what she says at the end of the weekend. She's like, I had no idea that that's what it takes in order to get things done. That's what she said. So I think on the front of the uh, front end of this conversation, when she asks the question, she asks in a very innocent type way based on the information that she has. Okay. But now that she's done an entire weekend with her dad, that's building this brand and building this company that's going to help with leadership, mentorship and relationships. Now that she's actually had an opportunity to shadow with me for like 72 hours straight, which is inclusive of getting, you know, something to eat a little bit later and waking up early and all of those other things, once she had an opportunity to see everything that it takes in order to make this thing go and make this thing happen in a real meaningful way, she's like, I had no idea that you had to do all of this. And maybe this is the point that I'm trying to share with leadership, right? Because uh, at times when we talk about work life and Um, uh, home life, we separate the two as if they are two separate entities. I actually think that they're not two separate entities. I think that they are one. I think that there's the work side of us and there is the relational side of us. And if we find a way to create the balance in between the work side of us and the relational side of us, I think that's a good thing. But while we are struggling to get to that place, I think that it's important, especially when we have a younger family 
who may not be there in terms of their own personal development by sharing with them and letting them journey with us as we are doing things and building something that lasts, I think that long term they will have a greater appreciation for why it is that when you say that you have specific things that you've got to take care of, they will not necessarily feel as though you've tabled them or forgotten them. They will have a greater understanding of why there are times and moments within the week where it may seem as though you are unavailable or not accessible. But then finally, here's what I also discovered. In order to create the family life and the work-life balance, you've also got to be all in for the stuff that matters to them. And this is the thing that is um, probably uh, the hardest and yet the most rewarding uh, lesson that I'm learning um, from my kids as they're getting a little bit older, is that just as you have an expectation that they will be able to support you in your work life, you've also got to be able to support them in their own uh, personal life as well. And so I'm finding now that I'm playing more video games uh, than I ever have before because my son likes to do that. I'm also in the kitchen a little bit more because my girls like to cook and they enjoy doing that. Uh, now that the weather's getting better, we've gone bike riding more often or spent just some time uh, just going on a cruise or just going to McDonald's to pick up some kind of cold beverage or whatever the case may be. And sometimes uh, what it looks like is not necessarily always having an activity. Sometimes the greatest moments are just in being still but being present and not being on the phone, not text messaging, not scrolling, not trying to find something online. I think that ultimately, in order to strike the balance between family life and work life, you've got to understand who it is that you are working with, and you've also got to understand yourself. Some of us work ourselves really, really hard because we're trying to prove ourselves as being somebody so that people will esteem us and maybe elevate us in terms of how they speak to us or speak about us. But maybe here's what I'm also saying. Maybe it doesn't so much matter about how other people perceive you and whether or not they like you or not. Maybe the better thing is, is whether or not you like yourself and whether or not you are aware of what some of your deficiencies may be so that you can build on that as you kind of move forward. So anyways... Uh, this is a short conversation. I know that I didn't talk about all things, but I just wanted to give a quick snapshot um, on today's uh, podcast, July the 11th at 7 p.m. I just wanted to, to talk a little bit about the balance and how to create the balance. And the truth is, I'm sure that I didn't talk about all things, right? But I've spoken about enough things to challenge us as leaders to create a different type of way of leading. We've all heard it being said before that you can work yourself to death in the job, in the organization that you work for. But know this, if you were to die tomorrow, by the end of the week, your job would already be in the newspaper or on some HR board because the truth is we are not indispensable. There are other people that can do what we do. And so we've got to build something that lasts in the things that matter. And where that matters is in part in between both work life 
and family life. My name is Andre Anderson. I'm both founder and host of BSTL. I hope you enjoy this and please make sure that you like and subscribe us on Spotify, Amazon Music, or if you want to come directly to rss.com, just type in bstl.com and you will find us there. Have a good evening and please do something fun. The weather is great and winter is coming, so you might as well enjoy it while you can. Take care.